Jesse doesn't know there's a spot up here when men get up here, they start getting weepy. You know, I don't know about that. <laughs> and the greatest thing about Jesse um, having a few tears, he can't laugh at me anymore. You know? <laughs> so this, that's a great experience. Uh, God is good. And, and his, his final statement, it's all about God. It's all about God's glory. It's all about Jesus. It's, it's not about what we do. It's about what he has promised to do and has done and will promise to do again. For those who simply come to that point, just like Jesse, says, I need you, and surrenders his life, and then God changes us from the inside out. Well, let's pray and ask God to, to take our time together as we think about the greatest event of all of history and what it can do for us. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for uh, what you do and have done and promise to do in the lives of people who just turn their lives over to you. And it's really all because of that first Easter, the resurrection of, of Jesus of Nazarene, who, who said he would go to the cross and then three days later he'd rise again. And we pray in the midst of all that we do this, this morning that you might cause us to think more deeply about what Easter should really mean to us. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Just a word of note, um, in the second service, right at 11 o'clock, we're going to be having a baptism of a young adult who also came to that point in his life where he invited Jesus Christ to come in, and it changed everything about him. You know, as you think about life, uh, there's a lot of different ways we try to get the most out of life and sometimes at least get as much approval or support from other people. And, and sometimes we can impress people about what we've done, and I was thinking as uh, as Jesse was sharing about his life, uh, there's, some, uh, there's a, a number of unique things about Jesse. One of the things that Jesse had the opportunity when he was growing up in high school, he was a pretty, uh, pretty significant athlete, and he had the, the opportunity to play against, Le- play against LeBron James you know, when he was in high school. And um, he just killed him. I mean, really. Uh, no. So he's, he's played against the king, and now he knows the king of kings, all right? Uh, but, you know, as you think about life, sometimes we'll impress people by what we've done, where we've been, uh, and later on maybe uh, where we go to school, or it's possible uh, what we do for a living. And as I was thinking about that, it's, it's quite possible uh, some people are impressed with certain type of jobs compared to other jobs, or, or maybe certain companies. And one company that would seem kind of significant if you work for it would be the company of Google. Google's kind of... Uh, have you heard of the Internet? Okay, have you heard about that at Google? Well, you know, uh, some people who, uh, who really want that type of uh, position or career uh, go through the process of, of getting that job. And it's, it's rather unique to work for Google. Now, I don't know who, who invented the Internet. I'm not sure Al Gore did. But, but I do know who invented Google. Uh, two men, Larry Page and um, a guy named, I always mess his name up, so I'm going to have to look at it, Sergey Brin. And the habit of anybody who had worked for Google, they had to go through an interview process, which is not too unique. But initially, when that company was uh, starting, um, the owners, the inventors of Google, would do the individual interviewing. And they're kind of a creative group, as you might think. And so they would ask very creative questions of people who wanted to work for Google. Uh, They would almost be riddles, and they wanted to see how they would respond to it. Uh, One question, for instance, kind of a... uh, question that you might be stumped at. I said, well, if someone would come up to you and ask you, what would you charge for washing every single window in the city of Seattle, and you got five minutes to give me a bid, what would you come up with? And you're thinking, every window in Seattle? 
How many are there? Are they all the same size? How much should I charge for a window? And, and, and they, were, they were seeing how well they could think creatively in a short period of time. Uh, another question was asked, which really kind of struck me, was a, a question that um, Bryn asked uh, a particular person, Elisa um, uh, Lynn, who wanted to become uh, part of their legal team. And so she was a graduate of Harvard, which sounds pretty impressive, but you still had to go through the interview process. So he said, I, I've, I've got a, a question I have for you. I want you to write up a contract. Well, that didn't seem too, you know, um, surprising. And she's a legally type person. He says, well, I want you to write up a rather unique contract. I want you to write up a contract to, to um, have me sell my soul to the devil. Now, she was shocked by that, but she wanted the job enough, so she had a 30-minute time frame, and so she wrote this all up and handed it in. Now, the good news for her is she, she got the job. The bad news for Mr. Brent, no, he didn't sign the contract, okay. <laughs> but as you think about it, Easter is the exact opposite of that. This is not a place where you come to and say, well, how, how can I sell my soul to the evil one? But how can I give my soul to the one? Who came for me. And so this morning what we want to do is we want to answer a very simple question. And the question is, so what? The so what of Easter. If you're like Jesse as you shared his story, you know, his experience was, I, you know, I came to church at least a couple times a year to Easter and Christmas. And, and so he, he had heard the, the, the details of the story, you know, Christmas, you know, Jesus came, you know, some people say it was a virgin birth, kind of a miraculous birth, and, and uh, everybody celebrated the, the promised one who had, had come. And, and then Easter, Easter, Easter's a story where, where this man named Jesus went to a cross on a Friday, and, and three days later on a Sunday, and they, they counted both the, the evenings and the days a certain way, that, that is why it works out to three days. And then on, on Easter, there was an empty tomb. It's a great story. I mean, who wouldn't want to hear a story like that? There's, there's a person who, who was victorious over death. But, but the question is, well, okay, so what? It's a great story. How should that make a difference in my life? What, what should it really mean to me? And, and so this morning, in a brief way, we could, say, we could answer this question in so many different ways. But we're, we're going to try to answer why Easter ought to mean much, much more to you than one day, saying I'm going to come to church, or, or a few days of the year, I'm going to think about God or think about this man named Jesus, but how it ought to change everything about life. What does Easter really mean? What's the so what of Easter? And I'd answer this, first of all, this way. Number one, it, it, Easter it means this, that you can believe in what's true. You can believe in what is true. You know, I, uh, I have... Uh, Four, four children, and I have uh, one grandchild. Have I told you I've got a grandchild? Have I told you that yet? Okay. You know, as, as I think about it, as being a parent and then now being a grandparent, you know, what I want for, for my family is, is their, their life is based not on a lie, but on that which is what? What is true? How horrific it would be to, to go through all of your days here on earth and to recognize that everything that you're involved in was a lie. And so what Easter means is your life can be based on that which is true, that is true. 
Truth is so important. So important that, that Jesus talked about it. In fact, he said this in a very familiar verse, as you'll hear the latter part of it. Jesus was talking to a group of people, and he said in John chapter 8, Jesus was speaking to those Jews who had believed in him, and we need to recognize that when Jesus came the first time, though many of them rejected, many heard what he had to say, and they crossed that line from only hearing to believing. And he said this, If you continue in my word, then you're truly disciples or followers of mine. And then he said this statement, And you will know the truth, and the truth will make or set you, what? Free. See, most people, that's the exact opposite of what they think Christianity is all about. They think Christianity is all about rules and regulations. And does God have uh, some pretty good insight on how we ought to live our lives? And, and when he tells us things we ought to do or not do, is he doing it because he hates us or doesn't want us to experience life's best? No, he's telling us those things because he knows what's best for us. He made us. But ultimately, the Christian life is not rules and regulations. And even as a parent, and, and watching, you know, my kids raise their child, there are rules and, I don't know what you call them, regulations in the home, but that's not the heart of what they're trying to do for their child. They're, they're trying to raise their child, and hopefully you've raised your children and the children you think you might have, with a relationship. They, they trust you and they, they want to do that which pleases you. And at that point, you set people free when they realize it's not about checking off the do's and the don'ts, but it's, it's understanding you can trust someone, whether it be a friend or a parent, but even more so a God who sets you free not to be who, who you normally are, but what you can be. And so as we think about what Easter means, it means that God came to set you free. Free from those things that, that burden you and, and put you beyond hope and shatter your dreams and, and cause you to be tied so much to how you were raised. It's, it's just a shame. But you're, you're not tied there anymore. You're set free. But really, what is truth? Truth is, is that which is verifiable and real, but even more so, it's, it's found in a person. Jesus said to one who was doubting at the moment, he said, I want you to understand what, what this is all about. I am the way, and I am the, what? Truth. And so as we think about Easter, what it really means is that I can know what is truth, but I can even more importantly know who is truth. And isn't that what's most important in, in, a, in a relationship with a person is, is, can I trust that person? And the person you can trust more than anyone else is one who is always true. And Jesus is the truth and the life. And if you really want to come to God, you can only go through him. There was a, there was a man who uh, was at that first Easter, and he was struggling what it was all about. He had certain expectations, certain dreams, certain hopes, and they were shattered on what we call Good Friday. And then he hears some rumors about what happened on that first Sunday morning at Easter, and it was too good to be true. In fact, that's what many people think about Christianity. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Ah, that can't be true. And so even though his friends had said they had, they had seen Jesus, he, he couldn't quite believe it. And so picking up the story in John chapter 20, we have, but Thomas, who has a nickname, it's called what? Doubting. 
uh, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And so the other disciples were saying to him, we have seen the Lord. Uh, but he said to them, you know, unless I see his hands and the imprint of the nails and put my finger in the place of, a, of, of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. After eight days, the disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. And Jesus came, the doors having been shut. He was in his glorified body. He didn't have to wait for a door to be open. He could pass through the walls and stood in their midst and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, all right, you need this verified? Reach here with your finger and see my hands and reach here your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. What does Easter really mean? What's the so what of Easter? It's that you can believe in that which is true. And if to throw anything on the fear of God on you, if you don't believe this is true, then everyone else either who does believe is a liar or you're believing in that which is, the opposite of truth is, that which is false. I, I, I want to believe in that which is true. Now, we could preach an entire message and we've done messages like that in other places and other settings, but how do you know if something's true? Can I just give you two things? Uh, number one, you give it the reason check. Are, are there reasons to believe? And, and of course, that's what the resurrection of Jesus is all about. Even the disciples, even though he saw all the miracles, which is kind of amazing, all the miracles that Jesus has done, and, and yet when he went to the cross, they, they still weren't totally convinced. And they had, they had understood Christmas a little bit. They, they began to realize, maybe this is the promised one. All those prophecies that were fulfilled. Kind of another reason. Miracles, reason. They looked at his life. Now, if God became man, what would you expect him to be? And let me give you a clue. A lot better than me. All right? <laughs> and let me just say it about you. A lot better than you. All right? I mean, he would be perfect and sinless, right? You couldn't point a finger at him. You know, so Jesus lived a life that only God could live. He was perfect, sinless. He fulfilled prophecies. He did the miraculous, but he'd have to do one other thing that would convince us. He'd have to conquer something that we all fear for honest. And it's that subject we never like to talk about, which is what? Death. And so what Easter is all about is to, for once and for all to say, this is true. He rose from the dead. He, he appeared to all kinds of people in all types of places and all kinds of settings, not just over a short period of time, like a few minutes, a few hours, which might have caught people in hysteria, but over 40 days. One time he, he appeared to 500 people at the same time. How many witnesses do we need to hear that, that this happened? And then even physical, the physical evidence. They went to the tomb and it was what? It was empty. So, so what is Easter all about? Just simply this. It's, it's being convinced that your life can be founded on believing in that which is true. And the Bible says that Jesus is true. And actually it says this book is true. 
And so that's why we spend time in this book, because this book tells us what is true, and so we want our life based on truth, so we want to hear more and more about the truth. Number two, Easter means you can believe in what is true, but also means this, that you can know that your life matters. And then we could also add the phrase, your life matters to God. Now, now people I, I don't know, you know, sometimes I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they like me and they think I have some importance and significance, but if I don't know somebody, it only matters a little bit how much they think I really matter. But the people who really know me, I, I want them to be convinced that my life matters. There's something val- a value of me. Now, now think about the person who is most significant in this universe, if he does exist, God Almighty. If I want to get significance in life, if I want to know my life really matters, I want to be convinced that my life matters to him, to God. And see, this is, this is the message of Easter. The, Jesus said this before he went to the cross, kind of give a picture that he was going to tell his closest followers and those who would follow after them, you matter. And how do we know God matters? And, and let me just throw this in for free. There are a lot of people who believe, about, believe in God, but they're not convinced that God really cares about them. They see God only as a judge, and God is a judge. But they go, does God really care about me? Do I really matter to him? Well, Jesus said this, Greater love has no one than this, that, that one would lay down his life for his friend. Now, as Jesse was talking about his life, and I have to be careful, I could kind of get, because there's a spot up here that gets people emotional, okay? Is that, you know, when you think about people who go to, go to war for us and, and give up their life for us, it, it just grabs you how much they care about the freedom of our country or the, or the, the needs of the world to be willing to fight on the line. And it could be in the military, it could be in the police force, whatever. That they're, they're putting their life, you know, uh, out there to protect us. And, and Jesus said, there, there is no greater love than this. You, you have to matter for people to be willing to do that. And, and, and to do it for your friends and your family or for your country. But God's love even surpasses that because in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates or shows his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You don't have to be scared by the word sin. That, that simply means he, he was willing to die for us when you were unworthy of that. And when I was unworthy of that, where I didn't deserve anyone sacrificing their life on my behalf. And for that, that to be demonstrated in, in Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us, it means that we matter to God. In Hebrews it says that, that Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. And the joy was not, you know, the happiest place on earth, Disneyland. You know, the joy were people. People that he loved and, and wanted to rescue. In Romans, Paul writes this, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who's against us? Now, that is, that's a great verse just to remember. Say, you know what? When everyone seems to be turning against you, and all of a sudden you're on, on the popular side of the scale, and you're on the whatever other side of the scale, as long as there's one person for you, and that person is God, does it really, really matter as much as that one fact? 
So what is Easter all about? It, it means that throughout our life, not only can we believe what is true, but we can know for certainty that our life matters because it matters to God. Because Jesus loved us so much, he gave his life for us. God is for us. He's not against us. Thirdly, what does Easter mean? It means that you can have your sins forgiven. Now, that's a, that's kind of a familiar theme in places like this church. You know, it's all about sin and all about you better get it forgiven. But don't ever pass that up. And it's really tied, again, to Easter. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 16 and 17, it says this, For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, and you are still in your sins. Um, the young man is going to be baptized in the, at 11 o'clock this, this, uh, this morning. I was meeting with him yesterday, and we were talking about various things and just making sure we all understood what it really means to be a Christ follower. And so we were kind of going through the, the gospel a little bit and what, it, what, what is the message of Christ. That's what the, the gospel means, the good news of Christ. And, and as we got to this point about sin, and that's what we're talking about here right now, and I said, well, t- tell me a little bit about sin. And so he started talking about defining you know, things that he had done that were wrong, what people do that are wrong. And and uh, being in kind of rebellion toward God, not wanting what he wants, but what you want, and, and those kind of things. And I said, okay, well, that's what it is. And, and, and um, I think we've all been there, right? He goes, yeah, we've all been there. We all you know, fall short. We, none, none of us reach that perfect standard. And it doesn't matter whether we think we're closer to Mother Teresa or Adolf Hitler, okay, that there's judgment in between there, right? In fact, there's judgment everywhere because we all fall short. And then he made a comment I thought was really good. It, it, I, I had never put it that way, at least uh, in recent memory. He said, I said, well, what's the problem with people in relationship to their own sin? He said, a lot of people, if not most people, they're in denial. It's like going through a 12-step program and never really admitting that you have a problem, that you have an addiction. You see, that, that's what really understanding the place all of us start with and continue in until we met Jesus is that we are under the, under the judgment of our sin until someone takes that judgment away. And we can go through uh, you know, life in denial and say, well, I'm not really that bad. Or I'm a lot better than a lot of people. And, and you know, maybe there is some truth to that, but not much. Because we don't compare ourselves with each other. We are accountable to a holy God. And we fall so, so short. And whether you experience the guilt of those things that you do that are wrong often, or you've come to that pretty good place in your life, at least, and I say that in quotes, where you're, you're good at rationalizing, and you're not always feeling the, the pangs of, of knowing that you're, that you're wrong and and there, there is a judgment that is coming, and you just ignore that, push it out of your mind. All of us need our sins forgiven. And that's the uniqueness of Christianity because it provides the way. And it provides the way because of Easter. And if Jesus had not risen from the dead, the Bible itself says we're still in our sins. So what Easter means is you can have your sins covered by the blood of Christ and be forgiven. 
And then what you do with your sins is simply bring them again to God, and God says, and you simply tell God to change you. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Some people put it this way, that that God the Father treated God the Son like he was us. The wrath of God was put on that cross. But now he treats us like we are like Jesus. Because we have received his righteousness. We are cleansed on the inside. So what does Easter really mean? It means that, number one, your life can be based on that which is true if you believe in that which is true. It means that your life, every day you can wake up and say, my my life matters. My life matters. God has uniquely made me for his purposes. Then also, as I go through, I realize I am not under the burden of those things that I fall short in. God can forgive me of all my sin if I'll turn to him. And then fourthly, and it's kind of related to what we've already said, you can be a part of God's plan. It says in uh, 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Sometimes people think that, that God is up there saying, uh, I want you, but I don't want you. I, I want you, but I don't want you. He wants everybody. Now, now, the Bible says that, that this is the, the will of God's intent, but it's not necessarily the, the will of his decree, which means somehow in the mystery of the sovereignty of God and the free will of man, and no one has ever figured that out, that you can only be saved if God grabs you. But the invitation is for everybody. He wants all to come to him. And on our part, we're responsible to, to choose to, to give up our old life and to give it to him. To trust not in ourselves, but in him. To desire not our plan, but God's plan. You know, I was just thinking about, you know, the, the profession of being a pastor or a preacher is that sometimes the impression of people's mind is that, that my job is to tell you what you ought to do. You know, um, God loves you and your pastor has a wonderful plan for your life. You know, that, that's, the, that's the point. But, you know, I, I don't want you to follow my plan. I want you to follow God's plan. That's what desperately all of us need to have, is God's plan for our life. So, sometimes we'll tell people when, when they're giving us advice, say, will you stop preaching to me? Have you ever, have you ever heard that? Says, will you stop preaching to me? Quit telling me what to do. Well, When people are telling you the right thing to do, that's, that's just telling you the truth. And God is telling you the truth that he wants you to come to him. To give up the old life and to follow him. In Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says this, For, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and, and that not of yourself is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. 
Now, that, that tells us two things. It tells us how we get into God's plan. It's by faith, based on God's grace, his undeserving gift to you. Say, if you'll, if you'll receive this by trusting fully and completely in me, and then turning, you know, turning over the steering wheel of your life to let me guide you, direct you, then you can become a child of God. But then after that, he says, I want you to understand that, that you are my work of art. You're my workmanship. I have something for you to do and to be. And it's the best plan. And as you think about Easter, Easter is all about understanding that, that God has a plan for your life and he wants you to trust him with your life. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. His plan for your life is on the winning side. It's not going to be easy, but it'll be awesome because you'll follow your maker's instructions for you to live out the life that he intended you to live. We began this morning with a very simple video about beginning again. And on it, it said a number of different things, but it says, for all those who have lost hope, have a broken heart, shattered dreams, stop believing truth, you matter to God, your sins can be forgiven, you can be a part of God's plan, is crying out from the empty tomb. But, but that will only be part of who you are if, number one, you understand what Easter means, the so what of Easter, and then surrender to that message and even more importantly that messiah or that person easter is all about living the life god intended you to live by knowing the one who made you and then sent his son to die for you and so this morning as we as we have looked at god's word and, and we've asked the question what does easter mean to you I want to give you an opportunity to make two different types of choices. One is to, to look honest in your own life and, and to say, do I really know the Jesus of Easter? Have I come to that point in my life where I believe in him but also have surrendered to him as the, the leader of my life and the savior of my life? And you might be saying, well, I've been in church all my life. I've heard the story over and over and over again. No, I, I, that, that's awesome. But, but there, there are times in all of our lives, there's, there's that, that, that fork in the road, that, that decision, am I going to go left or right? And, and you've got to decide, will I give my life fully over to Jesus Christ? In a moment, we're gonna, I'm going to lead you in a word of prayer. And if you've never made that commitment, I invite you to invite Christ in and be the Lord of your life. And the other decision I, I want to I challenge you with is, is, is not signing a contract to, to give your soul to the devil. But sign a contract and say, I know you, Jesus, but I want to live a sold-out life for you. I want to give you all. I want to live fully and completely and totally for you. Whatever that looks like. So this morning, I, I want you to, to understand the so what of Easter. I want you to know what Easter means. I want you to experience fully the, the Jesus of Easter and every day after Easter. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of life, the one who guides us into the plan 
that has been God's plan for you from the beginning. To know God, to live for him, and experience his will for your life. Let's pray this morning. If this morning you're not sure that you're a a child of God, that you know what it means to be part of God's family, that you want what Jesus offers because of what he did on the cross for you and rose again, then I invite you to make this commitment to him. And it's, it's a commitment from the heart. Proclaiming to him, the, the living God, what you want him to do in your life. Pray this prayer if you want to become a Christian this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. All the things that I've done wrong. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. On the inside. And let it show on the outside. I give you my life today. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning, then Christ came in. But I want to pray another prayer this morning as well. And that's for us who maybe made that commitment to Christ, but we're holding back. And we, in a fresh way every day, need to say, God, again today, lead my life. And so if, if this morning, if you're at that point in your life where you're not really walking with Christ as you know you should, then communicate this to God. Dear Jesus, I've been holding back. I've been really living more for myself than for you. I, I want to I base my life on what is true. I, I want to be right in the middle of your will and plan for my life. I want to be and do the things you want me to be and do. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We, we invite you to, to share that with someone someone you came with. Maybe even a, a pastor you might see roaming around here at church. Someone that you that you know is a, is a true Christ follower. And just uh, say, I made a commitment today. And, and help me live it out as I follow God's plan. See?